So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, some very familiar scripture beginning in verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And that's where we'll stop reading right there. And if we have a text or a thought, it would be our time. And so we look at this, and this scripture says there's a to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And it says there's a time to be born. And you might think that was your time that the doctor caught you as you came out of your mother's womb and gave you a birth certificate with your name on it and your mother and father's name on it and had the time and the date and the place. But there's a time to be born. The Lord told Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And I know as a preacher, and if you're one of my fellow preacher brethren, you know what I'm talking about. You don't never want to mislead a child or mislead someone or have them deceived. But there's a time to be born. And the Lord knows that time. And if you're a sinner, you know that time. And you know when you're lost. And you can't get somebody saved that doesn't realize they're lost. They'll realize that they're lost, that fear will fall on them, and they'll know that it's time to be born. And I've seen them come crying and kneel down and ask Jesus to save them. I've seen them sit on the pew. I've seen them sit in Mama's lap. But every time that it's a time to be born, it's a good time. And I'm thankful that there's a time to be born. And sinner, I've got good news for you. You may feel like that, uh, that you've passed your time. You may feel like that guy, and I've heard preachers preach this, that, that, God, that there is a time for you to be born again. And if you pass that opportunity that God may never knock anymore, this is what the scripture says. He's nigh to them that are of a broken heart and will save such as be of a contrite spirit. So this is what I believe 
about a time to be born. I believe if you have a broken heart and you want it with everything within you and you cry out to Him and you're troubled on the inside, He will come by and save you to the uttermost. So there's a time to be born. There's a time to die. Oh, folks, the Bible said He's appointed unto man what to die and after death the judgment. So we'll face death a long life's way. We may be buried and put out here in the graveyard and there is a time to die. But I'm here to tell you now, listen, over in the New Testament, Jesus talked about except a quart of wheat be buried in the ground and die. It can't come forth. Oh, there's a time to die. Whenever I was born again, I died out to sin. There's a time to die. This natural body will lay down. My heart will stop. My lungs will stop filling with air. And they'll bury me somewhere. But one day after a while, it'll be our time. One day after a while, it'll be our time. And we'll rise and we'll rise up with a shout when we hear the trump and when Jesus comes back in the hour, it'll be our time to go and meet Him and live with Him. So there's a time to die, but we'll live again. Amen. Oh, a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to plant. Psalm says, He that goeth forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again weeping, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bearing his sheaves with him. And I'm here to tell you there are times that I thought, why on earth did I have to preach that? Or I thought, Lord, that didn't get above the ground. Whenever I got that out of the stand, I thought like it, I had made a mighty failure, that I had done nothing, that I had accomplished anything. But the Word tells us that His Word won't return void. And I've had a first revival that I helped we went and uh, the Lord helped me to preach for a little while uh, about, uh, about a scripture. And when I got done, I thought that didn't go nowhere. That didn't help nobody. And at the end of the revival, the, the pastor had, had the preachers that held the revival light up. And the members came around and shook their hands and told us how much they appreciated us. And there was one elderly lady, gray-haired, wore glasses. She told me the exact text that I took that night and how much it helped her. See, the Lord knows where His gospel needs to go. And I'm here to tell you today that His word won't return to a void and, and, and it'll plant and it'll grow. And so I'm here to tell you today to listen. We read about the seed sower. He went out and sowed seed and some fell on stony ground and some fell by the wayside and some fell and was swallowed up by the thorns but some fell on good ground. And here's what we need to do as seed sowers. Well, if it falls on the wayside, just sow on. If it falls on the stony ground, get down there with a hoe or with a, with a shovel or with a rake and get, work those stones out and keep sowing. If it falls where the thorns are, let's weed a little bit. Let's take some of them thorns away. Let's cut them down and sow on. If it falls on the good ground, it'll spring up. And you know what happens to stony ground when you take the stones out? You know what happens to thorns? Thorny ground, when you bow the thorns and thistles down, you know what often happens to the ground that falls by the wayside? If you sow on, you'll reap in due season. If you faint not. Amen. That's right. A time to sow, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. Oh, remember when Elijah was down there. 
He had prayed and the fire had fell. The prophets of Baal had prayed and nothing happened. They broke down the altar. They cut themselves with lances and made a bloody mess. And after God answered Elijah's prayer, Elijah told the men of God to take the, the prophets of Baal down there and to slew them, didn't he? He had them killed. Ain't it about time, folks, that we do away with all the other gods we're worshiping. And I, preacher, now I don't worship Allah. I don't worship Confucius. But how many times we put something else in front of God? How many times we put our wants, our needs, what we want to do, what we enjoy doing? It's time that we kill those things off and fall on our knees to God and worship Him and praise Him. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. For, and it talks about you may be healed for the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I don't know what's ailing you, but there's healing for it if you call on the name of Jesus. And it's not in my hands, it's not in some object, but it's in faith through Christ Jesus that you can be made whole. Alright. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down. And a time to build up. We've heard about the story of Job, haven't we? Job was a rich man. He was a blessed man. And in a matter of a day, his life fell all to pieces. You might say it was broken down. But had that not happened to Job, his friends would have never been blessed. Had that not happened to Job... We might not realize that trials and troubles come in spite of how we live. Folks, I'm here to tell you today, just because you belong to the King of Kings does not mean you'll never face adversity. Trouble's going to come. Amen. Especially if you're trying to live right, Satan will try his best to affect you. Oh, but listen, <clears throat> a time to break down, if Job's life hadn't been broken down, we might not have ever realized what could happen when we stay faithful to God and pray. When the Bible says Job's adversity was turned when he prayed for his friends. So no matter what's happening in your life, someone else is having trouble too. And if you can't get through on your own behalf, maybe you can pray for me and I could be blessed. If I can't get through on my own behalf, maybe I could pray for you and God will answer that prayer and bless you that day. We're in this thing together and we're covenant bound by Missionary Baptist Church to pray for one another. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so if we're in trouble, it's not just me in trouble. It's not just you in trouble. It's all of us together. Time to break down and a time to build up. Now we had problems with this scripture, didn't we? Oh, how often we quoted it when we were having regular services. We'd say, failing not the assembling of yourselves together. Well, here we are and we can't do that now. Here we are and we can't physically all be in the same building at the same time in this day and age. We can still assemble together with your heart praise for this church and my heart praise for this church. 
and you as the members of Dutch Bottoms come together. Prior asking, Lord, if any two people come together agreeing on any such thing, He said He'd be in the midst. And He granted we can still assemble together in 2020. Yes, amen. Let's finish it. Failing not the assembling together of yourselves as the manner of some is. And that's where we want to stop, but that's not the end of the verse. But exhorting one another. That scripture is often quoted to that point to down folks that, don't, that aren't there every time the church door is opened. That's not the point of that scripture. The scripture says, but exhorting one another. Lifting one another up. Encouraging one another. The world will put you down. Though Satan will nip at your heels. He's always tried to bruise you. The world don't care. But God does and his people does. And I want to encourage you. Hold on. It won't be but a little bit longer. And we'll be together. If not on this side. On the other. Time to build up, exhorting one another, and so much the more. Oh, preacher, I remember brother so-and-so, how he used to smile at me, and how he used to tell me good things. And I remember sister so-and-so, how she sang and how she shouted, They're gone! And it's your time! Be alive! Lift up your brother! A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Oh, listen. A time to weep. Remember when I preached to you just a few services ago? There was Jesus with Martha and Mary and Lazarus was in the grave. And when he saw Mary weeping and the church weeping with her, we're just together now. What did Jesus do? Jesus swept. I'm telling you, we should love one another. And when my heart is broken, yours should be as well. And when your heart is broken, mine should be as well. There's a time to weep and a time to life. Let's go on. Oh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now we read in the Old Testament where David danced before the Lord. I'm here to tell you it wasn't nothing vulgar. I'm here to tell you that it wasn't the waltz. I'm here to tell you that it wasn't the hokey pokey. But he danced joyfully. I believe he ran and laughed and shouted because he knew God as his father. It's something to get excited about. And if you ain't never had a running spell, then you read to All right. The time to cast away stones. Remember when the Pharisees had the woman they'd caught right in the act of adultery. And they said in the Old Testament, now Moses said that one of this should be stolen. But what sayest thou? And when Jesus just drew in the dust, and they pressed him. He stood up and said, Ye without sin. Now watch about that stone that's in your hand. Before 
you let those stony words roll off your tongue and be thrust towards your brother or sister. Watch about that. Should you, oh, listen now. Watch about that. Should you cast it away or should you gather it together? Oh, should those stony words roll right off your tongue towards your brother or your sister because I've got news for you. The words said in bitterness and hatred hurt. Words said in bitterness and hatred send people home and they never walk through the church doors again. It's time that we cast away those stones and walk off because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. A time to gather stones together. I told you a minute ago about Elijah. Hey, he called all Israel and said, come near to me. He repaired the broken altar that the prophets of Baal had broken down and bled bloody and bruised and left it like that. Oh, Elijah took 12 stones, one for each tribe of the children of Israel, and laid them together, and the fire fell. I can take the little white stone that I got over there on a little hike bed about a mile and a half down the road. Barney can take his little white stone that he got up there at the Calvary Baptist Tabernacle. Becky can take her little white stone that she got right over there on that side of the altar, and we put all those stones together. Oh, and the fire can fall. Time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. The Bible says God is love, right? Amen. And it doesn't matter what they look like. It don't matter what they're hooked on. It don't matter how many tattoos they've got, how many piercings they have. The color of their skin, we're supposed to love. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. Well, preacher, that's this day and age with this virus. Oh, we're not supposed to embrace. That's not what the scripture's talking about, folks. So many people read this book with a carnal mind. It's a spiritual book and it's supposed to be spiritually discerned. This tells me and you we're not supposed to embrace this anything and everything. We're supposed to love the sinner and hate the sin. I'm telling you today that the church has no business putting someone that's never professed Jesus in an office. The church has no business putting someone that has never made a profession up to be an example in front of our youth or in front of our elders. Amen. We're not supposed to just embrace anything and everything. We're supposed to love everybody, but we're not supposed to condone sin, and we're not supposed to pretend that it's not there. I'm telling you, get them into the house of God. Get them under the sound of the gospel, and they'll be saved, and then they can take part any way they want to. I know there's lots of people don't like that. And our churches have about got so desperate for musicians, for teachers, you name it. They'll stick anybody in and they've never once made a testimony that they know Jesus. Folks, we better put people in front of our young people and our elders that know what being saved is all about. Amen. All right. That's right. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rent. Remember when the prophet Ahijah went out to Jeroboam and he had on a new garment. What did he do to that garment? He rent it, didn't he? 
He, he rented into 12 pieces and left two for Rehoboam. And 10 of those pieces he gave to Jeroboam. There's a time to rent. There is a time whenever we fall so far away from the Lord, he'll cut us off. He'll rend us away. He'll cut you out. You won't be able to feel his spirit. You won't be able to feel his power. You'll be like Saul. Saul got rent, I guess you could say, from the kingship, didn't he? He got cut off. He had a tormented soul. And the only way he could find any peace at all was the little servant David that had been woven in and became the king. And the only way that Saul could find any peace was to listen to David play his harp. Oh, folks, there's a time to read and a time to sow. Yes. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. I would that our people knew what that meant. A time to keep silence. You know I've seen the power of God fall in the church before. And it just be moving and tears flowing down people's faces. And just seem like jump from breast to breast. And look like somebody was just on the verge of being saved. And then somebody thought they had to talk. Somebody thought they had to say something. Listen folks. There's a time to keep silent. And if the Lord... Is not knocking at your heart's door. If your knees aren't knocking, that fear's not on the inside, that's the time for you to keep silent and a time to speak. Whenever the Lord is knocking at your heart, whatever He's saying, speak and glorify my name. Listen, when it, you can tell when it's the Lord and when it's not. When it's the Lord, it'll glorify and edify Him and His people. And when it's not, It'll talk about what I've done and how I've done this and how good I am. We're nothing. And when we think we are, right then we're nothing. And it's time for us to keep silent. That's not popular. <laughs> and I know there's been times I've almost begged people to speak up. And I'll have to give, they say give flowers while people are living. I'll have to give Dutch bottles and great big bouquet. Because from the time I've come until today, people have begun to talk and tell about the goodness of God. And it blesses my heart. It, it encourages me. They tell about how Jesus saved them. They tell about times he's delivered them from sickness. Times that he was there. When he was the only explanation for the peace that they could find. It blesses me. It encourages me. And it don't just encourage me. It encourages your brother and sister. And when the Lord will help you to brag on him. Right then is the time to speak. A time to love. A time to hate. Remember Paul said. The things I once loved I now hate. And the things I once hated I now love. He hated the church. Had letters in his pocket to arrest anybody that would call on the name of Jesus. Wonder what happened to those letters when he got saved. When the scales fell off of his eyes, the Bible don't say, but I can just see him taking those precious papers and stoking the fire. I can just see him saying, I don't need these anymore. I don't know what you're hanging on that you think is precious. But if you tried Jesus, you wouldn't need that anymore. That's right. Oh. And the things he once 
things he once hated and now loved. He loved God's people. Oh. A time of war and a time of peace. Let me just touch on that. I know we've got people that believe there'll be a great big war. Listen, folks, we're in battling right now. If you're not struggling right now, you need to check the line. We're battling right now. I was making requests, and I had preachers texting me saying, Has, have they been saved? Have they been saved? I was making requests for four little girls, and all is healed. And I just about half felt like one of them might be saved this past Sunday morning. The Lord really helped me to preach for just a few minutes. And I just knew one of them would fall down in the floorboard of their car and ask Jesus to save them. May not be time yet. I don't want to rush that. But listen, we're in a battle. We're in a battle for souls. And just because we're not meeting on the inside of the sanctuary does not mean the battle has paused. It doesn't mean that we need to quit fighting. It doesn't mean that we need to lay our Bibles down. It doesn't mean that we need to quit praying. It doesn't mean that we don't need to pick up the phone and check on one another. We're in a battle, and I want Marty to stand right beside of me and help fight in the battle. I want Becky to stand right beside of me and help fight in the battle. I want you to protect me. I want to protect you. And I know this, if we'll stand together, we'll win the victory. A time of war and a time of peace. When Jesus comes, there'll be no more war. There'll be no more fighting. All will be peace. Oh, our time, folks. Our time. Pharaoh thought it was his time. He thought he'd just march out those. After all the plagues, Pharaoh still thought it was his time. He marched out after the children of Israel. Marched right in to the to the sea, thinking it was his time, only to find out it was God's children's time. Oh, the prophets of Baal thought it was their time. They were popular with the queen and the king. They had their favor. They even got to go first. They got to pick their bullets. Surely it was their time. But come to find out, it was our time. Elijah prayed and the fire fell. They took Jesus' body down from the cross. They put him in a barred tomb and rolled the stone up over the door and sealed it. They put soldiers there to guard it and Satan thought, it's my time. Cephas thought, it's my time. I'll run this show how I want to. The Roman government thought, we'll not hear any more out of that troublemaker. It's our time. But on the third and appointed morning, you want to know whose time it was? It's our time because Jesus rose from the grave and he made a way of salvation for all of humanity. Oh, and in this day and age, the trouble that we're in, people going hungry, sickness on every hand, people losing their jobs and needing help. It's our time, folks. We need to quit relying on the preacher. We need to quit relying on the deacons. We need to take our salvation out the doors of this sanctuary and show people we are the church. We love you. We've had compassion and mercy. Let us help. It's our time. Amen. Yes. Yes, 
when sinners are running, crying for the rocks and the mountains to fall on to hide them from his face. When kings and mighty men cover their eyes so they won't have to see him. When the moon refuses to shine and the sun refuses to shine. When men cower and hide with fear and the trumpet blows and the clouds roll back and we see Jesus. I may be laying out here for 80 years. Most of my family forgotten me. But if I've trusted in Jesus, when he comes back, it'll be our time. We'll rise to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Preacher, won't you worry about your people that don't make it? All former things shall pass. I I won't think a thing about them. Only thought I'll have will be praising the King, praising the Savior. And rejoicing because a little ignorant sinner boy like me was able to make it in. Because as low down and sorry as I am, his mercy and his grace was still enough to just get me in the door. Well, what about the mansion? I don't care a thing about that. I want to be where Jesus is. I want to be right down at his feet. That's all that matters. What about the crown? It'll be a crown of righteousness. And if I'll get a crown, I'm going to lay that right down at his feet too. Oh, folks, there's no time to rest. There's no time to relax. There's no time to sit down. You know somebody that needs help right now, and it's our time. It's our time. The good deeds you do today could mean salvation tomorrow. The kindness you show today could... could Take that stone heart on the inside and melt it down where that becomes good ground. Then the seed can linger right in there and sprout up in the new life. It's our time. It's your time. I know there are folks listening to me right now that feel like they're just so stretched. They just can't take one more thing. Let me tell you something. The Lord trusted you with a whole lot. So he knows when the time comes, you'll stand for him. It's our time. I've seen people go through adversity. I've seen people go endure things, and I thought, how on earth could they do it? It's because they had somebody with them. They had a friend that would never leave them, never forsake them. And it made me admire them and want to be like them. Because they used that time as their time. Now, it's not my time to do what I want to do. It's not my time to sit down. It's not my time to enjoy the lust of the flesh. It's our time to stand up as Christians and be counted. People will say, well, the government's telling us that we can't have church. They're just trying to keep us healthy. They're trying to keep us safe. If I want to praise the Lord on my front porch at 3 in the morning, I can still do that. If I want to pray in secret and let everybody watch while the Lord rewards me openly, I can still do that. Folks, I could still read the most precious book that's ever been written. 
I could still rejoice. I could still cry. I could still sing. I could still shout. I could still tell the world I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm one of His children. And it's our time. We're going that way when this life is over. But until we get there, let's use this time as our time to win somebody and take them with us. Sit down. I, I've been guilty. Preacher preaches hard out. And then the very next day, I couldn't tell you what he preached about. Sometimes I didn't even get home till I forgot what he preached. I'm asking you, don't forget. It's our time. It's your time to let your light so shine among men and see our good works. It's our time. Faith without works is dead. How many do we know that have made a profession but there's no evidence? There are no works. Right now is the time to show it, folks. It's our time. I love you.